Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. My name's Tom and uh, I'm the pastor of this church along with my wife Chantelle under our senior leaders Dave and Shelley and they're down with our Global London Church this morning, Church Plant. We've got uh, three great churches in York, we've got church plants in London and we've got church plants in Scandinavia and we've got church plants in Leeds, how good's that? And we want to get some more going. And uh, if you were here last week then you heard uh, four great talks and today good news is just me. <laughs> so just the one, but they were brilliant. And before that, we've had Dave, our senior leader, speaking about how we develop strong faith. And I just want to talk today, my faith is, oh, my, my faith, my talk is called Faith in Action. Just say, Faith in Action. It says in the Bible, this is Jesus saying this, he says, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, not Jesus' faith, your faith. Jesus, he's healing the blind. And it says in Matthew 9, 29, he says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. There's another translation of the Bible. There's loads of great translations of the Bible, and they give you different slants on stuff. And this is one called the Amplified Version. And it says this, According to your faith, that is your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal. That's Jesus. It will be done to you. And we've been looking at faith and, sp- and that developing strong faith. And today I want to look at how we put faith to work. Yeah? You with me? So I say, what is faith? The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We've just been singing about all my hope is in you. You know, faith and hope are closely linked. There's a guy called Tom Wright. He's a, a theologian, someone that looks into really, really deep stuff about the Bible, and he's a, he's a bishop over here. But if you ever want to read anything about faith, he's a really good guy to go with. He makes it very simple. And he just says this, faith is looking at God and trusting him for everything, while hope is looking at the future and trusting God for it. You know, it's one thing to have hope. You can hope that my team's going to do well in football. I'm an Arsenal fan. We might make the Champions League again this year. But I can have hope. I can hope about hope that the weather's going to be nice when I go on holiday. I can hope that it's going to be whatever sort of things that go on. For instance, when I die, I can hope that I want to go to heaven. But it doesn't mean anything unless I underline it with faith, which gives me assurance. Because it's my faith in God and my faith in Jesus that gives me that assurance that I'm going to go to heaven. I can hope all I want, but if I don't have faith in Jesus then there's no assurance. You know, Dave has been talking about faith is like a muscle and we need to exercise it and develop it. And like, if faith is like a muscle that we need to exercise, then it's like everything else that needs exercising. And I'm going to shine an example of someone who exercises regularly, as you can tell. Um, but we need to choose to do it. Yeah, You have to choose to do something, don't you? So faith is kind of like a choice, but it's not an ordinary choice. It's not the normal choice. 
what faith is. Faith is an exceptional choice. It's one thing, I'll give you a promise. When you go with faith, it's one thing that will bring the best into your life. Why? Because God, he's created every single one of us as an individual. We are all completely unique, and he expects us to live out that reality of being people. Do you know what? I've got really bad news for you. You can't just sit back and relax and think that, that God's just going to, everything's going to happen. And that, like, you know, stuff will just happen. Whether, and I can just sit there and, and relax and what, just be a spectator. You know, like, churches like ours don't just spring up without any work from the people. You know, Dave and Shelley, our, our senior leaders, they didn't just sit back and, and wait for God to start a church in York that's going to go throughout the country, throughout the continent, and throughout the globe. They had to do something. They had to go for it with faith. They made a decision in faith, out of faith, that they're going to go for it. Our vision is 100,000 disciples in 1,000 churches in 100 cities worldwide. And at the minute, we're in, let me count, four, five, less than ten. Um, it's still too early for me to be able to count. But you know what? But we've got a faith for that vision. A vision that's going to go right around the world. And, it, and it's coming. Like already A year on year, we're growing. Month on month, we're growing. It's awesome. It was the faith decision that they made to go for it. We had to partner with God. Because we all know, do you think like God only wants a few churches? No, he doesn't. God wants loads of churches. Because do you know what? The church is the best idea God ever had. Like, it's phenomenal. It's a place where we can come and we can celebrate him. We can learn stuff. We can just be peaceful and just experience the, just so much good stuff. It's phenomenal. The Bible says in Corinthians that we are co-workers with God. So we need to pull our lives into faith. We have to pull our lives into faith. We've got to make that choice. But it is more than a choice. And it's going to bring a couple of stories from the, from the Bible. Well, just little, not stories, because we've got time. But people. You heard, everyone heard of Noah? You know, it was Noah's choice to build an ark. It was Moses' choice to challenge Pharaoh. It was Joshua's choice to challenge Jericho. It was David's choice to challenge Goliath. None of those, if you know those stories, would be what you would call wise choices. A 15-year-old boy off to fight a nine-foot giant. There's no, no way that you're going to go, yeah, great idea. That's mint. It's not a wise choice. So I want to say, if you're only going to go through life making wise choices, you're not going to do that. So what was it? Why did he do it? Why did Noah build an ark? It was the exceptional choice. It was faith. He was cooperating with what God had said to him. And he made a risky decision of faith. You know, as I said, God did not build Noah's ark. Noah chose to build it. But that's not necessarily what you call wise. It was faith. So today I've got four steps of how we put our faith in action. So you ready for them? You ready? Brilliant. Number one is this. Be specific. Have a clear and defined faith goal. So what do I mean by that? I mean, be specific with what you're going for. Don't be vague. If you've got a vision of something, I want that, I've got a goal for something, be specific. I'm going to give you an example. It's a bit of a silly example, but let's say you're putting your faith in action for a car, yeah? And you're not massively into cars, but you just want a car. And, and, and you think, well what, well, what sort of car? And I, I don't really know, I just want a car because I need to be able to get around, yeah? And it's like, well, well just pick, pick a brand. Okay, let's pick Ford. Ford, I think, biggest car company in the world, yeah? So, just put the first car up. You're believing for a Ford then because you've been bound down. So let's put this first picture up. My mate had one of these, apologies. 
I googled the worst Ford ever. And this is what came up. I didn't think it was too bad, to be fair, when he had it. But what about this Ford? You're thinking, no, I was believing for something a little bit better than that. Hang on, you said a Ford. You were wanting a Ford. Well, that's a Ford. Yeah? But you said Ford. Well, I'm giving you a Ford. Put the next one up. That's a Ford, too. And you're thinking, well, that's really, really nice. It's beautiful. Ford GT. Lovely car. But do you know what? Actually... I'm a family of eight, I need a, or seven, I need a people carrier. This thing's no use to me. Hang on, but you said a Ford. Yeah, I've given you a Ford, an amazing Ford, like the most expensive Ford there is probably right now. But, but it's not so good for your family. You can't get car seats in that bad boy. Do you see what I mean? Be specific, because everything can be very, very broad, and it's good just to think, I don't, I, I don't want that. Actually, let's be specific with what we're thinking of. It's a little bit of a silly illustration, but hopefully you get it. I remember a year or so ago, and uh, I, I'm into my bikes, and I have a bit of a bike repair business going, and I, I'd been looking around, and, and I always check on eBay and Gumtree and see what sort of things are going, and I saw this bike, a Dutch bike, uh, and I knew that's kind of interested in something like that, because I've got one, Chance has got one similar, and uh, I'd sent pictures of it and said, is this the sort of thing you're interested in? It's a really, really good price, and I, I think she said something along the lines of, this is really weird. Um, I've just been praying for something exactly like that. Exactly that bike, like a Dutch bike, a gazelle. It's a gazelle, isn't it? And, uh, and at the price, it was £150, I think, roughly. Uh, these bikes, six, £700, brand new. And honestly, the bike was like, it looked like it had been ridden once or twice. Like, it, it needed the tyres pumping up, a little bit of oil on the chain, and off you go. And she'd been specific in what she'd been praying for. She hadn't just gone, I want a bike, and she got something that had been fished out the river, <laughs> she got something that was amazing for the like really really I, generally like, I could have sold it for, for two or three times the amount but she prayed for it and God had heard it he'd heard that being specific God had heard her so that's point one be specific you still with me yeah. have a burning desire is number two have focus <coughs> excuse me still getting over man flu it's been a couple of weeks now it's very traumatic <laughs> have a desire for, for, what, for your goal to be accomplished. What do I mean by that? We can all be like kids at times. Like, I can still do this now. Last night, we were in Sainsbury's uh, with the kids, which is a nightmare. We had the two kids side by side in the trolley today, in fact. And, uh, uh, and like, they used to get on well in the trolley, but now he just pulls her hair. And she beats him the rest of the time. So I think it's fair game. Like, and Chance is like, you should really tell him off. I was like, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Six months old, lad. And... Uh, <laughs> I was the younger brother. I'm full of sympathy uh, to bullying older sisters. But we're in Sainsbury's. We're going down the, the, the kids' toy aisle, and everything is like, doll, baby, 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 moving away, baby, I want the baby, crying. You know, it's like, she's like, and you, you see the thing, at that moment in time, she wants that more than anything else in the world. It's like that, we all do it. We convince ourselves, if I get that, my life will be better. If I buy that laptop, if an iPad is going to be the solution to everything in my life. Like, I'll be able to automate everything. I'll, and, 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 we, and we can build it up and then we just move away to the next aisle and you suddenly you think, oh, whiskey. <laughs> whiskey is now the most important thing in my life. Do you know what I mean? It's that thing of like, we can be like kids where we move from one thing to another to another. 
We can go in and we can be, we can go in and we can come to church and we can be praying for something. I want that in my life. And then, or at a dinner party or something, and we're praying. And then five minutes later, you've completely forgotten what you were praying for. And someone said, No, you're praying for that. Was I? Oh, right. Okay, no, it's changed. I'm thinking about this today. Like, you know, it's like that. We all have those things. I'm not having a go. But when there's stuff in our lives that we want to go for, we've got to be uh, determined and keep it going. It says in Proverbs, it says that what the righteous desire will be granted. We've got to keep on going, keep on keeping that thing. No, it's still, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, I'm still wanting that Ford Escort, because like, I'm going to do it up. That was the first picture, by the way. Um, you keep on going with it. Yeah? Keep focusing on your goal. Keep focusing on the vision that's in your heart. So that's number two. Number three is pray. Dot, dot, dot. Sounds simple, and it is, but maybe it's not as simple as we'd like it to be, right? Because the world today, we all know this, Seth just touched on it, uh, brilliant, in, in between the songs there, we like everything to be structured, we like everything to be neat, we lead busy lives, we want stuff to be quick, you know, we've got 5G phones coming out because my phone just does not load quick enough, like, and I need it to be another millisecond quicker. And we believe all this stuff of like, we're in a rush, 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 rush. However many people know you go to the McDonald's drive-thru, you sit in your car and you can actually walk in, get your food and come back out and they've eaten it by the time some of those cars have gone round. Um, and it's like, we need to pray, but we need to just be a little bit uh, more static in how we do that. Um, Maybe because we give God a window sometimes in our lives. Maybe that's five minutes. Maybe that's 10 minutes. Maybe that's 30 minutes. Maybe that's 30 seconds. All good. It's all good to, to give God a window when you're praying. But what we can be subconsciously doing is saying, God, I've got five minutes here and then I'm off to get a coffee. And if you don't answer my prayer within that, then just forget it. Because I'm done and I'm on to the next thing. Because we're impatient beggars, aren't we? We are. You know, like, how lazy is it that when I've got stuff that's on, like, DVDs, but they're over there in a wallet and I have to put it into the thing, but actually Netflix, just watch it on there. Or, like, ITV2 comes on and I can't, I'm just still too lazy. Just I'll, I'll put up with the adverts. I'll just watch it this way. Like, we're lazy. It's in our systems now in the Western society to try everything's speed, 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 and slows us, and, and we get lazy as a result. You know, I can be really patient with some things, massively impatient, with others. Anyone else like me? And our Western society just encourages that pretty much wall to wall. And what we have to do is give time to God. We've got to praise. We've got to worship him. We've got to listen to him. That's why we do services like we do. We don't spend ages doing announcements and stuff like that. We focus on worshiping God. We do songs that we want to praise God, we want to worship God, we want to glorify God because we're believing for our, ch- our lives to be changed. We're thanking him for the changes that's already be- happened in our lives. You know, speak to anyone in our, ch- our church. We've got testimonies of changed lives coming in overflows. We don't rush it. Some of you may well be wishing that I was quicker. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Why is it important? Because we're bringing God's word. Now, a question for you this morning is this. How big are your prayers? Because often, it's not that we're not praying. It's just that we're praying too small. We will pray, and that's brilliant, but our prayers are small. This is why Dave brought this series to us at the start. He said, our faith is small. That's why we need to exercise it. Because as we exercise it, it will increase, yeah? 
So we can go to God with the little things right now, but ignore the big things in our life that we want help with. We go with the mundane almost, the routine stuff. It's like, yeah, God, you just do this and you can do this. And it's like, but forgetting all this big stuff out of there, but I don't really want to ask for that. I'll, I'll just ask for this. I want my prayers to reflect the size of my God. And it says this in Ephesians. It's an amazing couple of verses. And you can't, I'm going to have to sort of, I'm not a, my wife's an actress. She could do this much better than me. But this is one of the things that you can't read passively. And it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, just say immeasurably more, than, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. That means we can't measure it. Our prayers need to reflect the size of our God. He's a big God. He's not just a God, by the way. He's God. Whenever people always say that, I think, we worship a good God. No, no, we worship God. (laughs) The God. (laughs) He is God. But I want to say, keep going. There's a passage in, in Matthew in the Gospels, and I think this really sums it up. It's all talking about effective prayer. And take hold of this if you're if you believing stuff, if you're praying for stuff. Take what this says, because it is phenomenal. It says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. It doesn't say everyone receives what they want, but it says everyone receives. Everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened you know, as I said there's other different versions of the Bible and some of them just simply say ask which is great but the heart of it is now keep on asking it's the repeat that's the burning desire I want that I want that thing as I was passing wouldn't it be great I, I'm, I'm, I'm a marketer's dream I walk into shop and be convinced myself that I need anything and then you walk away and I have to take myself away train myself and go to actually <laughs> I love, uh, Chancel just rolls her eyes at me. I've I got a bit of a whiskey collection. It's like, do I really need another one? No. But it's really important. And, and I'll beat the guy in London, like my friend. And it's not a rivalry, but it is. But it's that thing where we need to keep on going. Actually, no, what is it? What is it I'm believing for? What is it? Not just the one thing, the, 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 the flash in the pan moments, but keep on going. There's my fourth point is this speak it out. Just say, speak speak. You know what? Faith has got a sound. Faith's actually a language. It's a language that lines up with the word of God. We all know that words are powerful, yeah? The Bible says that the power, that the tongue has the power of life and death. It says that in Proverbs. We're surrounded in our life by words. Words, words, words. There's a song there, isn't there? Was it words or that? Is it boy's own? Yeah. Brilliant. We should never underestimate the power of our words. Do you know, you can hear faith. It does have a sound. It sounds a bit weird. How can you hear faith? No, it does. It does. It says this in Galatians in the Bible. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? God hears our faith. He needs to hear our faith. We have to show it. If you're believing for something, then we've got to show evidence of what we're believing for, evidence of our faith, and we do that by speaking things out. 
It says this in Romans, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. And this text in the New Testament is referring to Genesis right at the start of the Old Testament and about a guy called Abraham. And he and his wife Sarah, they had a faith goal. They wanted a kid. They didn't just want a child, they wanted a son. And they had a burning desire for a son and they were old he was 100 she was 90 and they've been praying for 25 years just let that rest a second not 25 minutes in today's sight not even 25 seconds 25 years can you imagine like that's a long time in anyone's even if you're 100 it's a quarter of your life i can do the math that like it's a long time but god gave them the promise of a son He'd given them a promise. And, and when his wife, Sarah, couldn't have a, a children, God took, he took them outside from their tent. And he just said, look up at the sky and count the stars. This is his promise to them. If indeed you can count them. And then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. You know, they couldn't have kids. And then there's God taking them out. And you, you try counting the stars. There's loads of them. And there's more every, well, every day, but the, all the time. You can't count all the stars. And he's saying to this couple that can't have kids, this is what your kids are going to This is the amount of number of your kids. This is, this is just a picture. He gave them a promise. He changed their names from Abram to Abraham. And what that means is the father of many nations. He changed Sarah's name to Sarah. She's a princess. Can you imagine how people would have laughed at them changing their names, speaking out something. He calls himself the father of many nations. They've not got any, they can't have kids, those two. Who's he? What an idiot. <laughs> and she's a princess. No, she's not. She's 99. He can't be a princess of 90, even whatever she was. They were speaking it out. They were speaking it out. They were speaking out in faith. And eventually they had their son, Isaac. Who knows this? If you want something to change in your life, then you've got to make a change in your life. You know, they did what the Bible says in Romans there. They called things as though they weren't. Can I tell you this this morning? Faith does not lie. It doesn't bring things that are back into not. It brings things that aren't into being. It makes the invisible visible. It happened to Abraham and Sarah, and it can happen to us too. So just in, in, in the Gospels, in, in Mark chapter 11, it says this. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say this to the mountain. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. I left that verse in because I think we just need that little reminder sometimes that we need to forgive people. I was like, yeah, I want this, this, and this. What about that? You said that they were nasty. Oh, I did, yeah, sorry. Um, it's good when we look at scriptures to take the whole thing. And that's the whole passage. Faith speaks. You speak to mountains, 
And in my mind, you kind of walk up to Scarfell Pike and go, move. You feel a bit of an idiot. But if something's going to happen, you need to speak it out. Here's a phrase for you. You'll never see it if you don't speak it. You'll never see it if you don't speak it. Because when your faith is spoken out, it has power. When it's just inside of you, when it's just that idea, that little dream, it's dormant. It's got potential, but it's not got any power. It's a bit like, who remembers checks? I'm not saying he remembers checks. They're still around in, in the important things in life. Huh? But it's a bit like you've been given a check for thousands of pounds, but there's no signature on it. It's got a lot of potential, but you can't cash it. It's there going, oh, this, this is, and he's like, I need, I need that to be signed. I need that to be signed so that I can, I can cash that in. It's the same with our faith. We have to activate it. We've got to sign the check of our faith and that comes by speaking it out speaking it out and giving you loads of scriptures this morning that back all this up but it says in Romans but what does it say the word is near you it is in your mouth and in your heart that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved but here it is for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. We've got to speak it out. God, in the Bible, in Genesis, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke things into existence. Do you know what? Words are not just for communication. Words are for creation. So I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you speaking out about your own circumstances, your own life? What do you need to speak into being? What's inside of you that by faith can come out? It's a question. If you're in a dinner party, that's a question that you need to ask around the dinner parties this week. What is it that we need to come out by faith? But what is it? Just imagine. What are those things? What are you going to call yourself? What can you walk out of here going, do you know what? I'm no longer Tom. Just Tom. I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to be the owner of my own home. A mother, a father, a husband, a wife, a church planter, a pastor. What is it that you can start calling yourself and speaking it out? And, and you call into, into being those which are not. It's not there yet. It's not visible yet. But it's inside of you and it's germinating and it's going to come out. And we need to speak it out. It might sound silly, but we need to speak it out. Because you might feel a fraud, you think, but I'm not, but I'm not, but it's coming. It's coming. And that's the challenge is to just speak over your subconscious, speak over those little things, say, you could never do that. You're not going to do that. You're just from there. You're just from, you're, you're, you don't, we don't do that sort of thing. We don't do that in our family. We don't, we don't, we've always got it. I, I remember hearing uh, one of the guys in our church who was a teacher asking people, um, uh, somewhere, I think it was Ghoul, and it was really sad. Like she said, what, what do you want to do in your life to these kids? And they said, and she was giving them some dreams, and, and this girl just said, Miss People from Ghoul don't do that. And you think, what a tragedy. What a tragedy that that lie has come in to their heads. That they just think, they can't do that. I'm from York, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, you can. You can, and speak it out. What is it? You know, I, I, love, I love my sport, I love my cricket. Again, alienated the rest of you by now. And I was listening to 
a player talking about playing in India in the summer and it's like 40 degree heat, ridiculously humid and they're like the opening batsmen and their job is to go out under a blazing hot sun and stand there for as long as they can while someone throws a ball at them at 90 miles an hour. That's the basic thing. And he's saying, you feel tired. It's hard work. Like, you've got to concentrate because you don't want this ball to hit you. Uh, you've got to try and score runs for your team. And he said, you just put the, la- the last thing you should be doing is standing under a bright afternoon sun, ridiculously, ridiculous humidity, playing sport. Like, it's just not what, it doesn't make sense. And he said, I had to tell myself, speak it out, I am not tired. I'm not tired. I think it sounds a bit silly, but it worked. It worked. And he said, and, he, and he's one of the greatest cricket players we've ever had. And he, and he said, no, I just, I just spoke it out. I'm not tired. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep focused because he's speaking out. He's speaking things out. And it's the same for us. You can do the same. You know, if you're sick this morning, speak out that you're going to be well. I'm healed. That back pain is not going to get me anymore. I used to have back pain. I'm believing. I'm moving into the zone of healing. I'm going to speak that out. I'm going to speak out that I'm, why I don't have money. I'm moving into provision. I'm moving into prosperity. I'm going to have the best in my life, the best in my family's life, the best in this city. But I'm not there yet, but that's where I'm going. I'm going to speak it out. I'm going to call things that, that aren't as though they are. If you want a new job this morning, if you want a new business this morning, if you want a new relationship this morning, then speak it out. And don't just murmur it. Speak it out. Speak it out. God can hear you, but there's something about sealing it. You want a confidence with it. How do we speak out about other things? You know, if your parents in here, here's a challenge. I, I, I can struggle with this. How do you speak to your kids? <laughs> how, you don't judge your kids by how naughty they are right now, talking to myself, <laughs> but by the potential that God has given them. Because we can think, oh, it just sounds flowery and they're just a nightmare. It's like, no, 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 no. They have the power to change the world. And we need to give them encouragement because this, this world, we all know it is going to just speak lies into them. It's going to speak falseness into them. It's going to uh, give them false hope. It's going to give them just stupid, stupid stuff. that can, We can see it. Anxiety that is rife in a society right now. I'm thinking, no, no, I'm going to tell my daughter. I tell Isla every night that I put her to bed. She's the most beautiful girl in the world. I don't tell that to my son. Um, I just say he's a dude with sort of fist bump. But I'm speaking words of encouragement because I'm there. I'm their champion. I'm going to be there. Chances go. You're all the same. I know that we know this, but it's important to remember. It's like while they're being a little brat right now, no, no, they're amazing. They're a gift. How do you speak to other people? Bring encouragement to other people. Remind them of their dreams. If they shared it with you, people can get disheartened. Sometimes the best thing is someone comes up to me and said, "But you were going to do that." Oh yeah. And they stir you back up. The Bible says encourage one another daily. We all need it. We need to encourage one another. Proverbs 10.11, it says that the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. A fountain. See, it found something that bursts, isn't it? It bursts out. It's like, it's joyful. No one goes, that's a really miserable fountain, apart from that one that was in Parliament Street. Um, that was always full of fairy liquid. Um, it's encouragement. Let's speak encouragement to each other. Final thing is this. Please don't let your circumstances and your situation decide your faith. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he said this in 2 Corinthians. 
He said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. We continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. His circumstances, Paul's circumstances, did not determine what he spoke and your circumstances should not determine what you speak out either. You know, we all have bad days. We all have tough times. But I want to say this, every day lost to regret, every day lost to sadness is exactly that. It is a day lost. We can't get it back. We talk about living in the now, and we should. It's important we have the saying, be present in your present. But we also spend a lot of our time in memory and imagination, don't we? Dreaming remembering. So why not have good memories to look back on? Why not have dreams that are full of hope and faith for the future? There are some things that are going to try and stop us from living that full life. Too often you can settle for life just on cruise control. You're just going on that motorway of just easy living. I love cruise control and a quiet motorway. It's a dream because you can switch off, right? But don't switch off in life because otherwise it's just passed you by. Because I wonder if you ever say like me, you wake up or, or you just think, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. And there is more. There is. Those moments when we wake up and we take a leap of faith. And it's not a leap because it's a leap into the unknown. It's a leap because it's decisive. We've set our agenda. We've set our goal. We've fixed our, uh, our plan. We've got our goal. We've got the desire for it. It's actually something that we physically do. Because we know thinking about doing something, whether you can do it or not, is not the same thing as the moment when you actually go for it. Super example, who's been on those big diving boards in Europe? And you see all the little kids that thought they could go off it, and then they spend all day still at the top, chickening out and, th- and deciding that they can't. But they're also not going to come back down, they're just going to stand around, hang around. You've got to, actually, when you go for it, that moment when you commit is a moment when you just step into faith. You know, the leap of faith involves risk. I've got to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. It's real life. There is a risk involved. There's risk involved in David fighting Goliath. There is the possibility of failure. You know, I don't want bear of bad news, but I'm just going to say this morning, not everything we attempt will turn out well. We can and we will have faith failures. But do you know what? You can recover from a faith failure. What's harder to recover from is a life of regret because you never went for it. That's what's hard to recover from. You know, we've been looking at at trying to buy a business. And at this moment, we've been believing for it in faith. And at the moment, it doesn't look like it's going to come our way. But I do know I'm disappointed. And I'm still believing that the best, it might come our way. It's up to God. We're giving it to God. It's over to you. Open the door, close the door. But what I don't have is a doubt thinking, I wish I'd gone for it. I wish I'd gone for it. No, I went for it didn't work okay next what's the next adventure you know we bounce back it's like let's go for it you know there is a risk in faith but playing it safe is not playing it safe either because when we do that we just risk fading away resenting our own existence i'm strong about this because it's true it's a risk you can't afford to take you know i don't think that not many people on their deathbeds have said, I wish I took less risks. 
You know, all that you hear, read the story, all the people that die young in motorsport or whatever it is that they do, the extreme sports, and their, their, their families go, but it's what he was doing. He wouldn't want it any other way. You know, yeah, they've gone too young. It's like, now they lived on the edge, and that's, that's the way it goes. So this morning, I want to waken you up to the possibilities that come from making that leap of faith, activating the faith in you, putting your faith into action. So what do you need to go for? Or what do you need to go for again that you've let go and you need to just rekindle? Let, let start that fire up again. Because when we go in faith, you make a decision with God that you can go beyond the walls of limitation. And think about that this morning. What can I go for? What is it that I need to, to, to waken up for, to use that faith that I'm thinking of? I just need to, I've, I've decided what it is and which step are you at? Are you at step one, step two, step three, step four? And if you come right the way through to step four, speak those things out. Because when we, fully, when we are fully alive, we step out in faith. Religion is the opposite of life. It squeezes life. The Bible says that Jesus came so we may have life and life in all its fullness. There's a, a, I think he was a philosopher, theologian called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he said this. He said, Christianity is not about religion. It's not. It's about humanity and making it as God intended it to be. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 